You're listening to the Common Fan Podcast, a Husker football podcast for the common fan by the common fan. Welcome back to the Common Fan Podcast and GBR as always, fellow Common fans. I am TJ Burkle alongside Maddie Owen Sr. and Geoff in Lincoln. Guys, things are happening here at the Common Fan Podcast. Oh, yeah. We could not be more excited to announce a new partnership with Certified Piedmontese Beef. Woo. The fine folks at Certified Piedmontese have heard the voice of the common fan, and they have come a-running, boys. <laughs> now, we're just kicking off this partnership, but we're, we've already had a chance to sample some, some Certified Piedmontese Beef products. And, and let me tell you, it is top notch they've got the best steaks they choice ribs roasts kebabs delicious ground beef for your burger night they've got seasonings and snacks uh the, i don't know about you guys my kids love the beef sticks you can't go wrong with any of the options at cp beef what's oh, more yes. <laughs> what's more certified piedmontese beef is a nebraska raised product grazing vast pasture land in the Sandhills region of Nebraska. It's premium Nebraska beef that all Husker fans can be proud of. It's featured at the training table for all UNL athletes, and they've been fueling the Husker football team for years. And now they're fueling the Common Fan podcast, and there's no reason for any Common Fan to miss out on this fantastic homegrown product. For those of you uh, like Matt and Jeff in Lincoln or Omaha, all certified Piedmontese products can be found at your local Mercado butcher shop where you can get the freshest cuts, hot food to go, and gift boxes and gift cards. There are two locations in Lincoln, one at 30th and Yankee Hill next to Tanner's, the other on 84th and Havelock in the same building as the Casa Bovina restaurant. There's one location in Omaha at 162nd and Maple next to Oscar's Wings. You can also check out cpmercado.com. That's C-P-M-E-R-C-A-T-O.com for the latest deals and menu items at your local store. And the great thing is, guys, if you live in another part of Nebraska or you live out of state like me, you can have certified Piedmontese products shipped right to your front door via oh, yeah. cpbeef.com. CPBeef.com offers free shipping on any order over $150 across all 50 states, fellas. It's a fantastic option for a gift idea or, of course, for anyone who wants a taste of real Nebraska beef delivered right to your front door. That sounds particularly appealing after uh, some of the weather we've had uh, lately, gents, just to be yes. able to order from your couch. And, yeah. you know, I was thinking, guys, college football is still over seven months away but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy a game day experience while drinking that off-season Kool-Aid. Get yourself your favorite steak, uh, maybe get some ribs. They even have beef brats, beef bacon, all the beef, common fans. Fire up that grill, make your favorite meal with premium CP beef products. Turn on the Common Fan Podcast, of course. Pour a glass, a glass of big red Kool-Aid and you've got yourself a night. So check out your local Mercado Butcher shop or visit cpbeef.com for premium Nebraska beef, fueling the Husker football team and fueling the Common Fan Podcast. Yes. I never thought that there would be a company that could get me to uh, betray my allegiance to a good jalapeno Slim Jim. But uh, <laughs> Mercado and, and the certified Piedmontese did that. Oh, they did. God. They did just that. <laughs> That's not surprising to me, Jeff. <laughs> you got some of the weirdest <laughs> food takes in the history of mankind, Jeff. I was going to say, it's, did you guys see the, I mean, I don't, I, I think we might've made it guys. Did you see Joe Rogan was firing up some of those Tomahawk certified oh, yeah. Piedmontese yeah. on Instagram? Yeah. Joe, yeah absolutely. Joe, if, you're, if you're listening, Joe, Hey, it's 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 us and you now, guy. Us and Joe. <laughs> us and Joe. Okay. Top of the mountain. Top of the mountain. We did it. Oh, but we're truly truly grateful to the folks at uh, Certified Piedmontese and and very excited about this partnership. So absolutely, there will be 
there will be more to come from the common fans as it pertains to uh, to CP Beef. But uh, and hey, you know, I was thinking meat. also their their restaurant out out on Eighty Fourth and Lincoln, Casa Bovina. Valentine's Day's coming up, guys. Ooh, I, I yeah. think that'd be a great place to take your lady friend, uh, your girlfriend, or your wife. Uh, just just 100%. a wonderful, wonderful restaurant. I know Matt Rule loves the place. Uh, yeah. have been been told by many friends they've seen him there. Um, uh, so just, well, a, just a great, great all around organization, certified Piedmontese. That that's a great idea too, Matteo, because I've always believed that Valentine's day is a made up holiday invented to get people to oh, spend, God. to spend money. Oh, but no. so, so <laughs> I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go. I'm going to oh, walk myself off. Mrs. Owens, no, I hope Mrs. Owens doesn't hear that. She, she I'm not going to walk take. myself off the cliff here. Um, <laughs> so what I, what I, what I think all common fans can appreciate is the experience of a lovely night out to mm -hmm. someplace like Casa Bovina. Um, so you're still spending money on your gal. Uh, you're having a nice experience together, but you're not wasting money on, at, you know, at stupid, on stupid tchotchkes at Hallmark. Am I right, yes. boys? Yes. My area. Hundred percent. The one I mean, thing is that, will... that going to get me in trouble with Mrs. Well, Owens? no, no, nobody needs stupid tchotchkes. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> come on, Owens. We all as know every, as... every man does their shopping at Walgreens, for Walgreens. Day. <laughs> on the way home from we work on Valentine's true. Day. Sorry, Catherine. Do you have Do you have flowers here? <laughs> <laughs> do, you have, do you have the little teddy bear in a different shade of brown? <laughs> so that's kind of a funny story too, because like when me and Ashley got engaged, like my original plan was I was going to, you know, pick a random day out of nowhere. And the ring was like burning a hole in my pocket. And it just happened to be Valentine's day. And I'm like, no, I can't, I can't be that guy. I, I refuse <laughs> to have that be that, that guy. So I waited until I think like 12, 15 on the 15th, like after we got home from dinner and everything. So I, I'm, I'm technically, we didn't get engaged on, valentine's day and i'm sticking to that so um for anybody listening the 14th did not count if it's after midnight it's it's not valentine's day anymore and i will i will die on that hill okay wow that's i mean that that was really moving jeff yeah. i'm just telling you it doesn't count it's valentine's <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like it's something you kind of generated in your own head but that's fine it's i totally talked fine. my way into it yeah yeah no you're i mean it's fine you got engaged on valentine's day it's fine <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did not get engaged on Valentine's Day. This is a judgment-free zone. Uh, thanks. No, uh, uh, no judgment on the Common Fan Podcast, as we established mm -hmm. on episode one. Yes, uh, fellas. I don't know. Did any of you catch uh, any glimpses? Or actually, it was on TV. It was on the NFL Network. Did you guys catch any of the Polynesian Bowl, which took place on Saturday evening? No, did not. Did not sit and watch it, but saw some of the highlights from it. Most, yeah. you know, more more particularly the Dylan Raiola and Carter Nelson. So as a common fan, again, don't really follow the the high school athlete highlights. So I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be completely honest on this one. I had no idea what the Polynesian Bowl was when this first got brought up. So well, I think uh, it's newer. I I think it's, newer. Yeah. it's a newer. It's a newer high school all star game. Yeah. I know it's that a, it's not yeah, that it's old. A, yeah, it's an annual high school all star football game uh, held at Aloha Stadium uh, on Oahu uh, every January. Um, and that's in Hawaii. That's that's in Hawaii. Have I? Jeff. <laughs> um, I'm with you. I've not traditionally sat down and watched these games. I usually don't have time to do that sort of thing in the off season. But again, with all of the off season hype, especially surrounding uh, the one and only Dylan Raiola, I was definitely following on on social media. Um, and I have, I mean, I, I you know, the game features, as far as I can gather, uh, many of the top high school seniors in the country. This year there were three Husker Husker commits: uh, Riola, Carter Nelson of uh, of uh, Ainsworth, Nebraska, and Preston Ta Taumua, I believe is how you pronounce that. So, so he's an interior offensive lineman um, uh, from Hawaii. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, my question there is right. Just the numbers you said is that is that a lot? Like, did Nebraska is that a lot for one school to show up in this, or did we dominate that, or like is that pretty normal? I think, that, I think one that's school pretty good. has. I mean, I for, pretty... for us, that, for us, I think that's good. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, usually these high school all star games, you'll have like, yeah, I'm sure you have like multiple guys from Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State. Um, right. For us, that doesn't happen very often. Okay. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty solid. 
And it's especially solid when you consider the performance that these guys put up. So Raiola led all quarterbacks with 111 passing yards. He also threw for a touchdown. Nelson led all receivers with 65 receiving yards. Uh, did you see that? Did you guys see that clip? There was like a beautiful connection with Raiola on like a seam route. Yeah. Uh, it, was oh, a, yeah. it was a beautifully thrown ball. Was it like uh, 72 was it, yards? Is that it, what it was? Something uh, like that? I don't think it was That's, quite that long. Well, yeah. actually, we'll come back oh, that, to that. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that I was, yeah. I know, what you're, was, I know what you're thinking of, Jeff. Um, but yeah. on, on this one, it was kind of like Raiola to, to Carter in the seam, and then Carter just looks so like such a natural, fluid yeah. runner once he has the ball in his hands. He does. Um, so that's something we talked about this before. I I really think he's going to see the field, you guys, um, and, and as a true freshman. Maybe that's just four games. You know, maybe maybe that's just four games, but. Um, and to preserves the red shirt. But I think what I love about it is the guy was playing eight man football as of, you know, a few months ago. And um, this was the second of these bowls he's done in January. We'll talk about that in a minute and has shown out really well in both of them against the best high school, you know, against his, the best of his peers in the country. Right. So I think he's going to be just fine, you know, rolling into Lincoln and, and, and getting going with the team. You know, the other thing about the uh, Polynesian bowl is Raiola, Nelson and Taumua are the number one recruits out of their respective states. So Raiola is the number one recruit out of Georgia. Uh, Carter Nelson, number one recruit out of Nebraska. Taumua, the number one recruit out of Hawaii. So like anytime the Huskers can be snatching the number one player out of any state, that's a good sign. Then they go yeah. out, they, they show out, they live up to the hype in the bowl game. I think that's really exciting. Jeff, what you were talking about was the first day there before the game, they were doing some competitions and the first okay. competition yep. was the longest throw competition and mm -hmm. Raiola won it with a 72 yard throw. Yeah. Just a my, my shoulder hurts just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like he just absolutely just chucked that ball. And again, common fans, you can find there's, there's clips of this all over social media figure, you know, find it on Twitter, find it on Facebook. Uh, but it was, I mean, he wound up and threw it, but I think that's what we've noticed about him before guys is, um, like he, he makes these long, not all 72 yards, but he can throw the ball down the field and he just, it just looks effortless for him. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Just look, must look like he's just flicking his wrist and it's like 50 yards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, not that the, that the That's January, not that the January hype train needed more gasoline, Oh yeah. but yes. I think you, I think you'd brew up another, another pitcher of the, of the rule aid uh, fellas <laughs> after, after this weekend. Um, yeah. you know, back to the, back to the other point about Carter Nelson. So he also played in the army all American bowl, um, along with, this was a few weeks ago, along with Nebraska offensive line commits, Grant bricks and Gibson pile. And by the way, talk about all name team. Like, so the, the, how, how good are those names for two, two offensive linemen, Grant bricks and Gibson pile. Oh yeah. Like, welcome like, to Nebraska boys. They just they, sound they, like maulers, just, just, just absolute maulers. Greg Molly's any any big old offensive lineman uh affectionate term that you want to that just they just sound like those kind of guys. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, and so you know, Nelson Nelson stood out in both of those games. Bricks is another one. He was the number one recruit out of the state of Iowa, um, and one of the top O-line recruits in the country. And then Gibson Pyle was a top O-line recruit out of Texas. So just love to see these guys who are top recruits you know, being selected in these games, um, showing well in these games. And it just gives you, you know, a, a belief that, you know, coach rule really knows what he's doing and he's really building something. And just, that made me go, I went back and looked guys just because with, with bricks, Taumua and pile in particular, and Nelson, I mean, if you count tight end as I, I didn't count tight ends when I looked at this, but um, it just made me, uh, I wanted to go back and double check because they are just loading up on offensive linemen. So just in the, in the two recruiting classes that coach rule has put together so far, they had five high school offensive linemen in the 2023 class and five high school offensive linemen in the 2024 class that just wrapped up. They also had a number of transfers both uh, last year. And they had another one, a guy from Florida this year um, that I'm not even including in those numbers. And so I think they've got an excellent mix. I mean, they got their offensive line is seasoned and ready to go this year, but I think they've got a ton 
in the works that's going to get another year of seasoning, another year of you know reps and practice time, and it's a good mix of there's a, there's four in-state guys in that group of ten, and then there's a bunch of top-rated recruits from out of state as well. So just for Husker fans who have been anchoring to see the pipeline come back again and see us impose our will on a team, I think the offensive line took a step forward last year. I think. I, we expect another step or two forward this year, but you could love the foundation that they're building on the O-line uh, in particular. Absolutely. Got to have those big boys up front moving the, moving the line. And uh, it, it reminded me of Geoff's days on the freshman football team. Uh, you know, calling Excuse me, what? The, calling Excuse me, what? The, calling, what the snap ca- calling the snap count for the punt team. You know, right, <laughs> right behind us. Right behind oh, those, those big Those are some good guys. times back then. I mean, <laughs> 95 pounds. You, know, you, uh, weren't, you weren't afraid to stick your nose in there, Geoff. Team set. Go. <laughs> team set. Go. I'll never uh, forget that. I got freaking laid out at Boys Town. I, don't, <laughs> I won't do the inside story stuff. It's boring for the audience. But if, if there was tape back then, that would be one of those hits that like, would go viral on Twitter now. <laughs> Just like, decleated by some dude three times the size of me. <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, Jeff, I don't, I don't know if your balls had dropped yet at that point. In the exactly. high school. <laughs> Listen here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know your heart was in it. Like you had a Rudy size heart back then. Oh, Jeff, yeah. And you still do. That well. That well. Yeah, that's right. I, re- I retired after freshman year and uh, decided to put my uh, talents to where they belonged in the stands, heckling the large players (laughs) and then hiding behind my friends. (laughs) Uh, One more update guys. Since the last time we recorded the news is out there in, in the, in the Husker nation universe now, but we have not talked about it on the pod yet. Glenn Thomas uh, is a new, uh, has been hired as a new quarterbacks coach and co-offensive coordinator for the Huskers. He was most recently the quarterback's coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's got um oh, he's got about two decades in both the NFL as both an NFL and college coach. Um, I'll, I'll tell you why this is exciting, guys. And we did our, our a few episodes ago, we did a new hope. It's time to believe in Nebraska football again. And if if this had happened by then, this would have been another reason we we talked about for why. Uh, we can go ahead and believe in Husker football again. Two of the biggest problems last year, guys, were quarterback play and I think the overall performance of the offense. And we were we certainly complained yep. about some of the decision-making and play calling. And then in, insert Glenn Thomas, who's going to coach the quarterbacks, take, remove that from Mr. Satterfield. We've seen historically when he's not responsible for coaching the quarterbacks, the offense, his offenses tend to do better. And, and then I think also just a fresh set of eyes, new ideas, a different angle, a different look at things just on, on the overall approach for the offense as a co-offensive coordinator. I don't know if Glenn's going to call plays or not, but got to be encouraged by the fact that once again, Coach Rule did not stand pat and he went out and tried to improve something that wasn't good last year. Right, right. And this is, uh, I was mentioning this to you guys earlier before we started recording. This has been, this has happened before um uh, with these guys um so glenn thomas obviously has a, a prior connection with matt rule he was with him at temple um and then at baylor as well um but but uh when the first time this happened was at temple apparently this was a i got this from i think our buddy jim in minnesota on twitter tweeted this out and this is this is i think from his actually our, another friend of the program uh zach carpenter um uh, mm-hmm. oh, nice. rivals so um, apparently it's Satterfield had, um, ruled hired Thomas as QB's coach at Temple and then shifted Satterfield from OCs and, and from OC and QBs to OC and running backs coach, then promoted Thomas to OC when Satterfield left for Tennessee tech head coaching gig. Um, so between that and, and then just looking at numbers and things like that, and Thomas being a play caller, you know, obviously there's going to be, there's rumblings of, um perhaps glenn thomas taking over play calling um i know for us on this program we would probably be fairly excited about that um with uh we, we love coach sat don't get me wrong uh, we, he's one of ours okay. he wears he wears he wears the scarlet and cream 
but uh we would not uh we would not shed a tear if uh mr thomas took over i think play calling duties at least uh i don't want to speak for you guys but i think that's how we <laughs> that's, feel that's a good uh, so this that begs the question too um do would somebody like satterfield this would go out to all you common fans out there that maybe don't get too in depth on the coaching changes or how they move people around but maybe you folks will know here does satterfield take this as almost like a as like a slight like hey is this 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 sob coming for my job type thing like does is this an offense when you hire a co-oc like kind of like on the office space where they bring we're gonna bring in a consultant yeah and (laughs) i think i think it's more a testament to um glenn thomas's experience and mm-hmm. the fact that he's probably like, look, I'm coming from the NFL. I'm not taking this job unless co-OC is part of the title. So that probably, you know, that matters. That probably matters for how much money he's going to make. It matters for the next job he's going to get, you know, all these, all these things. So I would, I would imagine, certainly if you're Satterfield, that's what you tell yourself, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But I would imagine it's, it's a testament to Thomas's experience and, and what he's done. But I'd like to believe that coach, like, it is also the case that, you know, whatever hundred something in the nation, whatever our offense ended up being ranked in the final numbers is not acceptable. Sure. And I would like to believe that, you know, you can yep. have that conversation. Coach Rule can have that conversation with Coach Satterfield in a productive way that it mm-hmm. just absolutely needs to be better. And yep. look, they inherited a team that wasn't theirs. They weren't able to fix all the roster issues. Like there's reasons to, you know, you can talk about why maybe – it could have, would have, should have been better, but there were just some things we talked about guys that, that I think they could have done with the roster they had. So I, I, you know, I think if you're Satterfield, you probably, you know, maybe a little, uh, you feeling like your shorts are too tight in your seat a little bit. Um, if, if for no other reason than how your offense performed last year, I, I would be more concerned right. about my job because of how I performed my job. Sure. Not so yeah. much because of, you know, it almost like, I'd be surprised if they hadn't brought somebody in and sh- shaken up the staff a little bit, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, yeah. I agree with that. It's kind of like, you know, you're, you had your shot and it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> it was so, terrible. you know what, we're going to keep you on staff. Oh, we still love um, you. But yeah. Why don't you, why don't you go over and coach the tight end Sat? <laughs> he's but, got you know, some great, yeah, you're right some good pieces to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Like how hard can it be to coach Fedoni and Carter Nelson? <laughs> and Carter Nelson. But no, I think you you said the thing about experience too, like Glenn Thomas, has coached quarterbacks at a ton of places, including yeah. in the NFL. Like he coached yeah. freaking Matt Ryan, um, and was and was the uh, he coached uh, the kid who's what's the kid? I can't think of the kid's name that just won the Heisman from LSU. Uh, oh, um, Jay, Jay, Jay Daniels. Daniels. Yeah. He coached him at at Arizona State. Um, okay. Before he transferred, so and you know then he's with so he's a couple teams in the NFL, all kinds of college college experience. And last you know last time I checked. Baylor was in Temple had some pretty good years with Matt Rule um, when this right. guy was when this guy was uh, had a big hand in the offense. So I'm excited about it. I mean, they I, yeah, I saw for some sure, dude. I saw some numbers from again from our buddy Zach Carp that um, the the year after so Satterfield left Temple and Thomas took over as OC. They increased yards per game by by about fifty. Um, they increased their passing yards by tw- 20 or so rushing yards per game by 20 or so increased their points per game. The only thing that, that I didn't, wasn't a huge fan of was the turnovers turnovers didn't change. Um, so hopefully that that's not going to be a, an issue, but, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be a good, a good thing for all of us having Mr. Thomas on board. 100%. I just think like, yeah. And at least we've got something they, they made enough changes between the players they brought in in the transfer portal, shake up on the coaching staff. Dylan Raiola, <laughs> huge yeah. piece of this, huge piece of this. There's enough. The offense is going to be different enough that we we go we can go ahead and have lots of reasons to hope here, right? That and as we talked about many times, like I think we've all we all agreed the defense will be as good or even better in 2024. Just give me an average offense. Mm-hmm. Just give me like a middle of the road offense, yeah. and we win probably seven or eight games this year instead of five games. For sure. So uh, super exciting to think about. All right, fellas. So on to the main course for this uh, particular episode. Um, We've had some common fans ask us about this 
And, you know, now, now that the, the uh, dust has settled on the season and we've got a little time in the, in the off season here, we wanted to go ahead and look ahead to the new 12 team college football playoff, which is starting in 2024. So the expanded playoff, we've been, everyone's been talking about it for years. It was originally slated for 2026. They got an agreement with the Rose bowl that the Rose bowl could go ahead and keep playing on January one, as is its tradition. And they were able to kind of the stars aligned basically to get this thing in place for 2024. Now this is obviously relevant for the Nebraska, for any Husker fans because the Nebraska Cornhuskers are a team on the ascent boys. And we expect to be in the playoff conversation sooner rather than later. So it's just important that all common fans know all the ins and outs of the college football playoff because of the Cornhuskers because of the performance of the Nebraska Cornhuskers and how it's yes. about to, because it's about to improve. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yes. Because when people yeah. talk about playoff teams, we're going to be in that conversation. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you, you go nine, you go nine and three in the, in the new big 10. I mean, you're a pretty damn good football team. That's exactly uh, right. So, you I mean, know, that, that, you know, if you're, if you're nine and three in the big 10, you've got a shot at being in that, in that conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think 10 and two would be better. Consistent. Yeah, right. one consistently though you can look at you can assume you know the big 10 and the sec each will have probably three to four teams representing the their respective conferences yes in the playoffs so that's pretty exciting to know like yes you you would like to win the conference everyone would like to win the conference nebraska would like to get to the point where it's competing to win the conference uh, we'd like to get back to that point but it's nice to know that you can still have a shot at being in the playoff even without winning the conference. And we're going to dive into kind of that and whether or not this is good for college football and what it all means. And, you know, there's so many changes in college football, but let's go through, I, I did some research here guys, and there was a lot I didn't know about this. So a lot of people have probably heard, you know, some of these conversations. So let's just like tick through how it's going to work first. And then we can talk about whether or not this is all good, bad, or ugly for college football. I think, I think I know where you guys stand, but I'm excited to get into that a little bit more too. And just a reminder, this is relevant because of the Nebraska Cornhuskers and how we're going to be in the yes. conversation for the yes. playoff very yeah, soon. Is, and that's this is that's, important. This is listeners. very important. So pay pay attention. Need to know this, you folks. Pay need attention, to know this. Common fans. All right, twelve teams, as we mentioned. So the playoff committee, which already exists and already produces the top 25 rankings and picks the top four who will be in the playoff. Oh, they, they, they've, the college football playoff committee has done that since 2014, since we started the playoff. The playoff committee will continue to select and rank these teams as they already do. So that will not change, okay? Here's, what's, here's where it gets interesting, guys. The six highest ranked conference champions will receive automatic bids, okay? I assume when they put this together, the thinking was, well, certainly uh, the, all, the, the power five conferences, well, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's also the group of five conferences. So in theory, you could have group of five conference champions who are rated higher than, you know, the PAC 12 champion or the big 10 champion or something like that. But I think that will almost never happen. <laughs> and so I yeah. think the thinking here was you'd, you, you'd have, this was a way to get one group of five school in. So you'd have all five power five conference champions and then the highest ranked group of five school would be number six. So that would, that would add up to your six highest ranked conference champions. I don't know. And I was not able to find, but I'll be really interested to see how the PAC 12 is treated. Yes. So, I mean, technically, yeah. technically are Oregon state and Washington state going to argue that they're still the PAC, whatever, and there's still a major conference, and one of those two schools could qualify for the playoff. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. Or conversely, will, will this be a thing where the you know the the winner of the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, and Big 12 all get in? And then there's two group of five schools that get in. So two liberty yeah. type schools that get in. Well, that's right? what's what's interesting about this realignment stuff. Um, with the Pac-12 is like, can we even consider them a Power Five conference anymore? Like, I don't know if we can. Like, I don't know how that can be if they can be defined as one of those anymore. Right? You know, so. like, 
Um, so I don't, that's gonna it's it's gonna be really interesting how that plays out. But um, as somebody well, anyway. who as somebody who's been a, a fervent Pac-12 After Dark watcher <laughs> over the years, there's there's a little bit of sadness. There's a little bit yeah. of sadness for me. But Absolutely. anyhow, but but this is interesting, guys. So like just for, for frame of reference, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the analysis piece, but. Oklahoma was the number 12 team this year. So Liberty would have taken their place in the playoff as the sixth highest. So there was the winners of the five power five conferences and Liberty was the next highest rated conference champion of the group of five schools. They would have taken Oklahoma's place. So just mm -hmm. as a, as a frame of reference, that's, that's how it would work. So the remaining six teams will be at large bids determined by the CFP rankings. Okay. So, Again, the assumption is, um, I think at least of the power five schools, those those five conference champions will be among your top 12, but you could have then your group of five uh, champions supplanting one of those other six teams, one of the at-large teams that otherwise would have made it. Okay. So the top, top four seeds, so you'll have one through 12 seeds, right? The top four seeds will receive a first round buy. Those will be reserved for the highest ranked conference champions. So again, I guess there's a scenario where one of your top four teams would not be a conference champion. In that case, they don't get a buy. It's your top four conference champions. Interestingly, Geoff, and I'm not saying yes. this, I'm not saying this to rub it in your face. I know this what was, you're going with. This I know where you're going with this. Please this was a point, you're going with this. a point that was made in multiple articles that I read and maybe uh -huh. even on the, on the NCAA website that I was looking at too. Hmm. But yeah, Notre Dame, yeah, huh. and no other independent for that matter. But at present, Notre Dame would probably have the best chance. No, Notre Dame yeah, can never can never get a first round bye. Yeah, good. They don't because need they it. won't be they won't have played in a conference championship game. They won't be a conference champion because they have stubbornly and, in my opinion, foolishly held on to this whole independent thing for much too long. And so, really, it's coming back to bite them. Look, I don't make the rules. I'm not, it's neither here nor we there. We don't need the buy team, Jay. I just, I, just, I want to make we, sure we all common it. fans understand all the rules here. And that's one of the rules. So the it's buys fine. go, the buys go to the top four. Or, uh, yeah, the top four seeds receive a first round buy, and that's mm -hmm. reserved for the highest ranked conference champions. So that will not include Notre Dame ever. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Those snobs over in South Bend. We we don't, we don't need, need we don't need a conference. <laughs> All right. So first round games, so first round games, it's the five seed through the 12 seed play in those games. So five plays the 12 seed, six seeds played the plays the 11 seed, and so on. This is what one of the things I love, guys. First round games will be played at the higher seeded team's home field. Now, according to the NCAA website, the higher seeded team can also designate another location. So, like I guess. Wisconsin could pick like Lambeau field if it was available or something like that. I don't know why a team would hmm. do that. Yeah. If you're, if you're in the playoff and you can play that playoff game at home, yeah. I don't know why you would do anything else. So I don't expect to see that very often. Um, but guys, how awesome is it going to be to have playoff games oh my God. on college campuses Oh yeah. in December? Yep. I mean, those th the atmosphere is going to be electric. Yeah. Can I mean, you imagine like, like we we I remember when we used to lose to like Miami in the Orange Bowl and like Florida yeah, or State or Florida State and, and we're Bowl. like what like how great would it be if they could come play us at our home yeah. stadium because we used to play Miami in the Orange Bowl in their home stadium yep and I remember always thinking like God I would love to get a crack at them in December or January at yes. Memorial yeah. Stadium especially when it's you know 15 degrees out right? yeah yeah mm -hmm. um and okay so and so just to, I'm gonna try to keep keep folks. Uh, informed on the schedule as well, just to kind of have a frame of reference for, yes. for when these things happen. So think about it this way. The last week, the, you know, the last weekend of the regular season is Thanksgiving weekend always. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. So the following weekend, first weekend in December is conference championship weekend. Okay. So then in 2024, these dates will change every year, depending on the calendar, but it'll be roughly this time frame. in 2024. First round games will take place on December 20th and 21st. Okay. So again, man, all right. Well, 
maybe maybe I should wait. Maybe we should just get through this breakdown before I talk about how awesome this is. Yeah. But just thinking about like <laughs> heading into Christmas week, oh. having all these having all these playoff games to watch, and that doesn't even count all the New Year's Day bowls. Okay, all right. So after the first round games, then we move on to the quarterfinal. You still have eight teams left, right? Okay, so you have four winners from the first round plus the four teams that had buys. Okay. Mm. Now the the quarterfinal games will be played at the major bowl sites on New Year's Day. Occasionally, there will be a New Year's Eve because of you know how the how the calendar falls, how the schedule works. But basically, these are your traditional New Year's Day bowls. And what's cool from here, guys, is from this point on, all six of the major bowls, so Rose, Sugar, Fiesta, Orange, Cotton, and Peach, all of those bowls will have a role in the college football playoff every year. Now, what do I That's mean by great. this? Let's take a look at 2024. In 2024, the quarterfinals will be as follows. The Fiesta Bowl on December 31st, and then the Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Sugar Bowl on January 1st, okay? So that's the that's the quarterfinals. Then the semifinals will be the Orange Bowl on January 9th and the Cotton Bowl on January 10th. Again, this is the January this is the 2024, so into 2025 uh schedule. Um but it'll be roughly this kind of, you know, about a week and a half, two weeks in between games, you know, every year like this. So you got all six bowls involved um, and these will rotate over the years. Now I will say at least we only have the schedule for 24 and 25, the rose and sugar remain on January one for both 24 and 25. And I think that was a sticking point for the Rose bowl. They wanted to keep their traditional slot on new year's day. So that'll stay as a quarterfinal game. I don't think they really care. Uh, because it'll still be, you know, fantastic environment, New Year's yep. Day bowl, et cetera. Yeah. But you kind of get a sense here of how the traditional major bowls factor into the new playoff system. I just absolutely love this, guys. I mean, I remember yeah. I remember talking about years ago when everybody said we need to have a playoff, we need to have a playoff. We always said, like, people would say, what do you do with the bowl games? We always said <laughs> the major bowls can still be where you play these games, and you can still have mm -hmm. the other bowls for the lesser teams that just want to have one more game. There's yeah. no reason you can't, you know, continue to factor this stuff in for how it works. Yeah. It feels good because it just gives them meaning again. We talked about this before, like just after the regular season gets over, if you're not in the playoff with four teams, just most of those games just don't mean as much to the players anymore. So it's nice to see some of these Rose Bowl games, Fiesta Bowls, Peach Bowls, Cotton Bowls, just, you know, for lack of a better term, just, people give a damn about them again which is kind of awesome so yeah i'm pumped and you know how i think you'll uh, we've talked with this about this a little bit too is you'll have less guys opting out of playing in yeah. the well for sure i mean sure if you've now. got 12 teams yep. you know 12 of the best teams in the country uh with with really truly something to play for a national title chance yep. like there's going to be guys saying no i'm not you know they're absolutely they're going to play and mm -hmm. um what will be interesting though is that the coaching thing like with with coaches moving and now, now with the early signing day, the way the early signing day falls with now basically being the first round of the college football playoff, that's going to be something that's interesting to me. Like if these if you know certain teams are going to fire a coach or it's, you know somebody's going to get pulled from somewhere, like how's that going to play out? You know, like some cool. big school you know, like like Nick Saban retiring, um, you know that kind of puts a wrench in things. Like if they're in the playoff. And he's waiting until the end of the play. You're you're looking at maybe not hiring his replacement until mid January, or like uh, like late, look late at, look at what's yeah. look yeah look what's happening in Alabama. These kids that are all committed to Alabama are now transferring because Saban's gone, or or, or yeah. you know changing their commitment to somewhere else. Um, that could be the one. Like, I love this. I love the playoff, but that could be one thing to see how that plays out with these coaches jumping ship and going to different schools around this yeah. around this time of year i i think if one thing we we know from history you know if history has taught us anything it's that this will continue to evolve and change right oh, or, or sure. other other rules and calendars will 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 adapt to change to the yeah. to the playoff schedule right one other interesting thing here guys about those new year's day bowls for the quarterfinals is the highest seeded teams get to pick where they go so the number one team gets to say hey i want to go to the rose bowl and then whatever you know, that one's off the map. So then the number two team, new two seed gets to pick where they want to go. Number three seed gets to pick where they want to go. And then number four team is gets to pick where they want to go. So that's kind of cool too, where you'll have these first round games, and then there'll be what is that about 
is it even 10 days, December 20th and 21st? It's less than 10 days or about 10 days. And so then you got to pivot and the higher seated teams then get to choose which bowl games they want to play in. And then um, I don't know, it's just, it's fascinating to me. That, that, that was kind of interesting to me that, you know, you don't, you're not going to know who's playing in the Rose bowl until, you know, less than two weeks before the game actually happens uh, as well as these other major bowls. So one more thing to, 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 uh, tie this all together guys. So again, sticking with the 2024 schedule into January of 25. So you've got the semifinal games again, like I said, orange bowl on January 9th, which is a Thursday cotton bowl on January 10th, which is a Friday. And then you've got the CFP national championship game on a Monday again, which is just stupid, yeah. uh, but that'll be on Monday, <laughs> January 20th. Uh, so for now, the champion, at least the championship, the final game will remain on a Monday in January at a neutral site. So uh, like you said, Matteo, I love almost all of this. I think you, I think you called for, for an act of Congress in one of our previous episodes yes. to, to ensure that the college football final is played on a Saturday. That certainly seems yeah. appropriate. It's something more, something better than a Monday. Yeah. I mean, anything. Like and, anything. And they're, yeah. they're up, they're going to be up against the NFL playoffs too, you know? So um, when you're going that late into January for the college football national championship, I mean, it's January we're recording on January 21st right now. Okay. Um, you know, there's playoff games yesterday. There's playoff games today. So I, I'm sure they don't want to go up against that, but like, so well, let's think about this though. So this today's Sunday, January 21st. So yeah. So the, the, the playoff game is on Monday, January 20th in 2025. Mm-hmm. So um, well, yesterday there were two games, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was an afternoon game and an evening game. So why don't you make the? Why don't you pick that Saturday of that same of that same time frame, that same weekend? Especially now that it's getting pushed another week, week and a half later than it has been. Pick that Saturday where there's two NFL playoff games and have the college football playoff game be the big noon game, right? Yeah. So it's noon yeah, Eastern, eleven a.m. Central. It's nine a.m. Pacific, but. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe if it ends up being hosted in, you know, in California, you don't want it as a 9 a.m. kickoff. Yeah. I don't they know. want just... it. They want it in prime. They'll want it in prime time. Right. Exactly. Right. Because I mean, nobody, yeah, like, I especially it. on the West or, coast, like early morning game but, or make Actually, it a Friday, so... make it a Friday night game before yeah. the big NFL playoff games. I don't right. know. Just Monday night. Nobody, we talked about this before. You might have it on in the background, but you get your kids are back to school. Christmas break yeah. is over. The, you're not your as focused is, on it. If, if you're, if my team's in it, okay, I'm taking that. I'm taking Tuesday off. I'm telling the kids we're going to be late to school tomorrow. Like that's a different story. But until mm-hmm. that happens, right? You know, you're not having, you're not having people over. You're not getting together with friends. You might, you might have it on just to have it on, but it's just not yep. the same. Yeah, all these great, cool changes, and then we just still got to just schlep it out with this Monday night crap. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's, that's the format, guys, and that's kind of the schedule. I laid out the schedule for 2024. 2025 will follow the same format. Again, I would imagine we will continue to see tweaks. Even when, yeah. we, when we had the BCS, they continued to tweak the formula. I think just about every year they made some tweaks to the formula. So I'm sure things will get kind of moved around. And then who knows what continues to happen with conference realignment right. and all these, other, all these other factors going into college football. It's rapidly changing. We should stress that it's probably, you know, it's, this isn't going to stop all of these other big dynamic changes that are happening across the sport. Some of which we don't love, right. Probably. But um, so let's, let's discuss this for a minute, guys. You know, I know there are a lot of, I think, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak for you guys. I would, I think I would have considered myself a college football traditionalist in a lot of ways, but I, as, as things continue to change and evolve, I find myself being excited about more and more of them than not. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'd love to hear what you guys think about this expanded playoff. But, I, you know, I think, I guess here's the way I would say it. There are things about the, the college football of our past, the college football that we grew up with that have gone away, that are going away, that are likely never coming back. And that's sad. Like that's yeah. unfortunate. You know, the, the conferences, the regional rivalries, yeah, you know, some of the, you know, the money is completely taken over and some of these things are, regrettable but (laughs) if you have a seat at one of the big boy conferences and you know you you've got you know speaking out both sides of my mouth now you got the big 10 money coming in every year and you can build great facilities and you can afford to um you know um have the top top rate everything right 
Um, and you're going to be competing for a spot in the playoff every or you could be potentially eligible for a spot in the playoff every year. There's a lot to be excited about here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm with you. Like I'm, I still like think back fondly of like the big eight days, right? Like playing, playing Kansas and, and Kansas state and Oklahoma state and Oklahoma. Um, but we, you know, you just got to adapt. Like it's still, there's still the beauty of college football. Um, you know, we still get, the, we still have the bands. We still have the, the, the students and the fans and, and the fight songs are still all the same. I, you know, I'm, I've said this before on the pod, like I love rivalry games. Like as long as we can keep some of those rivalries going, um, even if teams aren't in the same conference anymore, uh, then I, then I'm all for these changes. I mean, I mean, I even, I even think why not, why stop at 12 teams? I'd like, I'd like to see it go to 16. Thank you. Um, so any more than that, I think is too much, but, um, you know, I any sometimes teams get hot. Like I remember, was it? I think last year, like Utah was playing just about as good as anybody in the country. Like I would have loved to see them play play. You know, some of the top dogs in a playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think sixteen would be great. But like this, even with twelve, like this sounds way better than like the coaches poll and the AP poll. <laughs> you know, here's what yeah. we here's who's number one and two. They're Here's gonna, what the computer said. I mean, even yeah. like thinking back is not that long. Like we're old enough to remember like where like number one and two didn't even play each other in a bowl game. Like, yep. and it still got voted on at the end of the year, you know, hence our shared alleged shared title with Michigan in 97, <laughs> um, which we did. We if I remind all the common fans out there. We did get the cooler trophy out of that deal. Um, and we absolutely would have rolled that Michigan team and everyone knows it. Absolutely would have. But this is, I mean, this is like a huge, <laughs> huge step forward. I mean, four, four team playoff was fine, is better than what we had. But now this, I think this is going to be absolutely fantastic. I mean, basically a month of college football playoffs, meaning like, meaningful college football. Yes. Oh like, yeah, yes. it's just it's just meaningful. sounds completely and totally erotic. Like uh, just well, yeah. gets the blood. Pumping. Yeah. Just think think about this. Like, it's already great, but like starting on conference championship weekend you know that and then we, we we have that and then now it's like okay whoo, everyone take a breather and then we'll have a few playoff games and a bunch of bowls and it'll be great and it is great already but that's just going to be just to start then yeah. a couple of weeks later we're going to have these on-campus playoff games right before christmas oh yeah you know, christmas christmas will come early then we're going to have the new year's day bowls all meaningful playoff games and then into january to kind of ease the pain of you know getting back to reality after the holidays the we'll still have sadness. meaningful college football games yes yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's going to be so great i'm so excited about it uh, gee if you look like you have something to say i have a couple of points to make but you look like you have i'm pumped to i am pumped and I, what owens brought up before was exactly what i was going to say is 12 is awesome i'd love to see it go to 16 because i don't know about you guys actually i do know about you guys march madness is is arguably one of the best things about college sports and filling out a bracket is awesome I feel like it's a good way also of like getting like kids and significant others and more people to watch football. It's like, can you imagine having like a quote unquote, like kind of like March madness in December and January of oh, filling man. out like a college football bracket. I can't imagine it. Expand yes. that. Like if they made that bigger, <laughs> I think that would be the funnest thing ever. Like uh, inject oh. that into my veins, just a, <laughs> a, a March madness bracket pick them. For college oh. football, it'd be so well, awesome. And I'm, I think I'm I'm not, I think you're already going to see that with twelve. I think you're right, but yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah. I totally agree. I'm not smart enough to know this, but like, how many teams are in the? Do they start the FCS playoffs with? Like who? Who? Like yeah. how many teams make I the say, FCS playoffs? Isn't it like it's at least sixteen? It might be thirty-two. That's, I was I was thinking thirty-two, yeah, but yeah. I don't know for sure. But yeah, I mean they've been doing that really well for forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I so, just I think me, that would be awesome. Yeah, I agree with you guys. But again, I'm, I'm totally happy with 12. Yeah. One of my big, like college football is so great. And it's always been so great. There's very little to complain about. But one of my biggest complaints with college football, we you just kind of hinted at, we just talked about it, is these things have never traditionally been settled on the field. Like yeah. even in 94, we were the clear-cut national champion, champion, but Penn State was undefeated. 
And didn't Tom Osborne and, and uh, Paterno like have a conversation about, Hey, let's, let's meet up in a week or two and play this game. And then they realized that was going to be too complicated. That might be some legendary, you know, story. That's not, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure there's something to that. Anyway, point being, like you said, Matt, it was always the coaches and the writers voting. And then we thought, well, with the BCS, at least we'll get one versus two on the same field, but there was still controversy because. Right. Number number three thought they were number two. And the very first year when Nebraska got unexpectedly steamrolled by Colorado, and then we didn't even play in our own conference championship game. And then we still got to go to the national championship game. Yeah. Uh, You know, so there was already controversy out of the shoot with that. And then now we've had the playoff and it's helped with some of that. I think, I mean, I think, you know, honestly, this year was maybe one of the more contentious years with both Florida State State feeling like they had a case, Georgia feeling like they had a case. Mm-hmm. But with 12 teams, you know, I mentioned Liberty, if the playoff had been, the 12 team playoff had been this year, Liberty would have supplanted and they would have gotten steam. I see that look on your face, Matt. They would have gotten yeah. steamrolled, let's be clear, but they would have supplanted Oklahoma as the number 12 seed. Maybe that's not fair to Oklahoma, but I don't think anyone would be sitting around saying, oh, I think that Oklahoma team could have made a run. I yeah. think that Oklahoma yeah. team could have taken down Georgia or taken down Michigan. You know, like we will know. Well, you've got the best four to six to eight to 10 teams in college football, and maybe someone will get screwed being left out here or there, but there will be, it'll yeah. finally be settled on the field. Yeah. And so right. I know some of the purists and traditionalists, this is ruining college football or it's devaluing the regular season or whatever. I just fundamentally disagree with all I don't, of them. It see, emphasizes, it still emphasizes, yeah, it still emphasizes the importance of conference championships and it yep. emphasizes the importance of high rankings. Both of those things reinforce the importance of regular season games. Yes. Right? Everyone's going to be fighting for their life. It's, I think it's going to be very rare that you get to Thanksgiving weekend and somebody's got something locked up and they're sitting all their starters or something a la the NFL, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, but also, right. like you, you might brought up the brought up Liberty. I mean, they're, they're, you know, I, and I struggle a little bit with like somebody like that getting in, but you think about like the UCFs or yeah. like, remember like, uh, um, I don't remember what year it was, but when Boise State beat Oklahoma, like upset Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, like there have been these teams over the years, like, boy, it'd be kind of fun to see them in a playoff and try to try to beat, you know, the you know top five teams or whatever. Um so there are those rare occasions. Like I, I get that. Like I don't, I don't want to watch Liberty just get boat raced by like number five LSU <laughs> or something like that, right? Like give me a break. Um, but there are those rare occasions where somebody, maybe they're undefeated and they won whatever Joe Schmo Athletic Conference, um, where it would be interesting. It could be interesting. Yeah, what I'm, like, I agree. I. But the other argument is like, how awesome would that be? Like in one of those scenarios that they won, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like, That's like, like Mark, March Madness. So awesome. Yeah. Like March Madness when like, a, you know, we finally we've had a 16 seed be to one seed. Like it, yeah. it can happen. It's like a one yep. in a million, but it can happen. And I want to be there to see it. Yeah. Um, but still it's like, I mean, just watching Liberty just get absolutely demolished. <laughs> um, in this, this bowl season was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> No, that's true. But, you know, and guys, I'm just so excited too. And this, this kind of pertains to the playoff. I guess it kind of pertains to some of the bigger changes that have been happening in college football too. Once you kind of get beyond, you know, I mentioned the sadness of, of some of the old, old parts of college football dying and going away. But once you get beyond that, there's so much to be excited about, you know, like in the new, in the new big 10, you know uh, who doesn't want to see, you know, Oregon and, and Ohio state battling it out in October or something. Right. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, Penn state and Washington or Nebraska and USC, like who doesn't want to see, like, there's going to be all these. And then, and then, you know, transplant that onto the playoff. Right. And maybe you'll have some, some matchups that, you know, teams face, you know, like bills chiefs type of stuff that happens in the playoffs every year where these teams, the same coaches facing each other, the same players facing each other year in and year out, just the intrigue, the drama, the excitement, it's going to be so awesome. Like for people who love college football, I honestly believe even the doubters and I, I, I respect that. Like I get it. Like we all love, the things that made college football great and some of them going away. Like it makes me uncomfortable to think about 
are we going to get to the point where these guys are just paid by the universities and they have a contract and it's sort of quote unquote NFL light, like thinking about that sort of makes me, uncomfortable. I, you know, yeah. I don't love that idea. None of us probably love that idea, but I also don't envision there being a day when I don't, you know, we're, we're going to always love seeing those red ends come out of the, come running out of the tunnel and we're all going to yeah. go crazy. You know, every, every fan base is going to go crazy for their team and the possibilities that this new system opens up, I think are going to be really, really exciting. Yeah. Well, oh, think about talk about being excited. Just think about this. I think, I think we need to be prepared because when the Huskers do make it into the playoff next year, yeah, I mean, we're either 24 I mean, or 25, yeah. one of those two. <laughs> Can we you imagine to- what it would be like if we got a home game in oh the middle of December for oh a gosh. playoff? Like we've all been to a, a tailgate at Memorial stadium just during the regular season. I've never personally been to a Husker bowl game but I'm sure that atmosphere is electric, but could you imagine the electricity at Memorial stadium, not even in the stadium, just outside. I was going to say the, the entire city, the entire state will, will will descend upon just the, the, the stadium and the whole general area. And they'll just, everyone will just be there. Yeah. Tailgating. I think Lincoln would just quit like functioning as like a society (laughs) for like a a day. Like (laughs) totally, completely (laughs) the wild West. Like, businesses just there'd be looting just people doing whatever they wanted to as long as we survived you're on your own we're here to watch the Oscar game it would be like that movie the purge or what isn't it the purge yeah right no no crime is illegal for 24 hours basically like it's it's practically already like that i'm I'm linking on on a game day on a game day on a saturday playing buffalo or somebody like non-football it's already ridiculous. Like I can't non- imagine what it would be like. Non-football fans just boarding up their houses and hiding. Inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll oh, be man. over soon, sweetheart. It'll be over soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but guys, just in 2024, I know I've kind of made this point already. Okay, so the first round games; these are the ones on the college campuses are December 20th, December 21st. That's Friday and Saturday going into christmas week yes i mean i'm just thinking of you know clark griswold yeah, think about that um, but with friday let's just say friday december 20th last day of the year for me you know stay, sitting there and sitting there <laughs> yeah. in his office playing with his, with his model model pool last yep. day of the year for me and then like i mean i just you got college football playoffs right into christmas week right into new year's i mean this is just like just i i think part of what i want to say to people is just embrace it there's yeah. enough stress yeah. in the world there's enough chaos in the world. There's enough crazy things going on in the world. Just have fun with this and embrace it and enjoy it because God is smiling down on us and giving us this college football playoff. A gift. We, need to, we need to enjoy it for as long as we possibly have it and as long as we can. TJ, before you jump to something else, I just had an idea. I, I got nothing else, Jeff. You, you've brought it up before, but I feel like in the playoff scenario that Nebraska it will be getting into, I right, feel 2024, like 2024, Yeah. If anybody asks you a question like going into that week, that weekend of bowl games and the week of Christmas, your answer should automatically just be that Will Ferrell meme where he cracks the beer. You know <laughs> hey, uh, Dad, are we going to go? <laughs> Do we, are we going to go get the Christmas tree? <laughs> I'm unavailable. I'm watching college football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I, I got to be honest, guys. This was educational for me. Just like putting, like yeah. searching out these facts. I yeah. knew, I knew about the twelve-team playoff. I knew about sort of the the higher seed, you know, on campus first round games, that kind of thing. But there's a lot of new information here. So I encourage common fans to. There's plenty of articles about it. The NCAA's got something on it. The NCAA website. There's the college football playoff has its own website with information on it. So go check it out. Uh, if you want to learn more, I think we kind of caught most of the basics schedules for 24 and 25 are out, but again, just lots to be excited about. And I'm sure we'll be reminded about all this stuff over and over, you know, going into the season. And then of course, once the season is here, you know, everyone will be talking about how Colorado's on their way until they lose, you know, three in a row or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Fellas, that's that's it for tonight. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. Do you guys have uh, Do you guys have anything else? Uh, I am definitely going to be firing up the smoker this week and cooking some sort of 
certified Piedmontese beef or meat, uh, what have you. That is happening. Yeah, I, I think I that's a, that's an excellent choice. And, you know, we all know we all know Nebraska beef is the best in the world. And so it's time for our college football team to get back on par with with Nebraska beef. Mm. Certified Piedmontese is, is certainly a representation of that. So that's an excellent, excellent choice, boys. I think we all need to do that this weekend. Oh, yeah. Throw a couple of ribeyes on the grill. Woof. Can't beat it. Can't no. beat it. No, it's America. <laughs> USA. All right, fellow Common fans. Well, thanks for joining us once again. We hope you found this a little bit educational. And now uh, with all the information about, you know, all the Husker recruits and how well they played, you can, and now you've got the details on the playoff, you can start making your, your holiday plans and your travel plans for 2024 and 2025. Just keep it in the back of your mind that the Huskers may just be there in, uh, in the playoff uh, sooner, sooner than we think. So Thanks for joining us, Common fans. Uh, as always, TJ Burkle, Matty Owens, Senior, Geoff in Lincoln. Have a great yeah, yeah. night. GBR for life.